Today's scripture lessons, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So our scripture lesson today uh, is a pretty familiar one for a lot of people, um, especially once, once we get to verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind, and it's not envious or boastful. This uh, scripture was actually read at uh, mine and Kristen's wedding. And I, I know it gets read at a lot of weddings, but this is the one that I remember the best because it was the most perfect day imaginable. And, you know, everybody thinks they had the most perfect wedding. I'll tell you right now that, uh, that ours was the most perfect. And not really because everything went perfectly, but rather just because uh, the perfect person uh, coming down the aisle to meet me that day. It was just a fantastic day uh, that I'll never forget. And we like to go back and watch our um, wedding video over and over again. But as I was, I was uh, considering this scripture for today, it had me thinking about weddings a lot, not just because that it was uh, read at, at our wedding, but because it's kind of the wedding cliche verse. Talk about love. It's a powerful scriptural reminder of what two people are about to commit to. And we here at Spring Hill Avenue, we have a lot of churches that uh, go on here in, in our sanctuary. We have uh, four weddings lined up already within the next year. And so uh, as we're thinking about those, we recognize this uh, fantastic special opportunity that we have to be a part of in this church as people commit their lives to one another during this time. And now, I do recognize that marriage and weddings, they bring up different feelings for different people. So, you know, I want this to uh, recognize and embrace that. But also, so much of Scripture is written with the idea that the people of God commit their lives to God in an almost marriage-like fashion. In other words, this marriage between God and humanity uh, this notion that we commit ourselves to one another, it's kind of the crux of what it means to be human. It's kind of the purpose of our existence, to be with God in what we call a covenant. And this word covenant is a very, very uh, intentional word. Um, we use it uh, in Christian marriage to refer to the covenant of marriage. It is also uh, brought up a lot, especially in the Old Testament. Um, we have very, various covenants that get brought up there. And a covenant is a promise. A promise to, between two parties about how they are going to be there for each other. Most of the covenants we see in the Old Testament are covenants between God and humanity. And so... As we go through our uh, sermon today, I want us to be thinking about this concept of covenant, this concept of a deep 
intentional, purposeful promise between two parties that says, we are here for each other. And so starting with weddings and the covenant of marriage, I want to think for a moment about the vows that are taken during Christian marriage. In the United Methodist Church, the vows that are taken between two couples go like this. In the name of God, I, so-and-so, Micah, take you, so-and-so, Kristen for me, uh, to be my spouse or to be my husband and wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until we are parted by death. This is my solemn vow. Wow, that's the vow that two people take for each other, with each other, to say, you know what, this is how I'm going to stick through this with you. To have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse. In other words, in good times and bad, no matter where this road might take us, I'm here for you. For richer or for poorer, wow. In other words, no matter what possessions may come our way, whether we have all that the world has to offer or none of it, we're here for each other. In sickness and in health, wow. No matter what burden you or I might carry, even if it is the burden of sickness, or even if we are in perfect health, no matter what each of us may go through, I am here for you to love and to cherish until we are parted by death. This is my solemn vow. So those are the vows that are taken in, an, in the marriage ceremony in the United Methodist Church. Now, here are the vows that we take as Christians in the United Methodist Church, particularly when it comes to baptism. Uh, and this comes out of our own hymnal. I'm just going to read it word for word here. And so whenever people are first brought into the faith, deciding to become Christians, these are the vows that, that are made. It starts out by saying, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, whoever you may be, do you renounce the spiritual for forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of all your sins? In other words, everything horrible that you could be facing all of the wrong that you could be doing, all of the wrong that you could see in this world, will you take a stand against it? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? In other words, any time we might see another person being under the thumb of evil, injustice, or oppression, will you take a stand for them? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? I do. In other words, do you commit yourself to this? Are you all in on this? Are you going to give your life for this? Do you commit? There are some powerful vows that we can take in our life. And each of these vows are based off of love. Love. What 
a simple, overused word, love. What a powerful, life-changing word. I remember whenever I was in uh, middle school, the seventh grade, I don't remember much from this time, but I do remember sitting down at a desk in seventh grade in, I can't remember what classroom, but I remember at the, at the top right-hand side of the desk, somebody had written in pencil the words, I love you. I don't know who they were writing it to or if they were just writing it, but it was somebody in a different class than mine who was sitting in that desk when I wasn't there, wrote these words, I love you. Don't know what it meant. So I thought I'd be really profound and say, and write back, I wrote underneath, um, I wrote underneath the words, I love you. Love, question mark. What is love, question mark. Yeah, I, 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 was, uh, I was always a little spacey, I guess, at that time. Way too heady. Anyways, spent too much time thinking about philosophical things, and that's where I got to this question, what is love? Because we use that word a lot, and we use it in a lot of different circumstances. For example, just the other day, should come as no surprise to anybody in the world, I used the expression, I love Taco Bell. That's just something that comes out of my mouth way too often. But I will say, this kind of love, whenever I say this, does not mean that I'm willing to marry Taco Bell. That is a lot of financial burden, and I would become very unhealthy very fast. But I did use that word, I love Taco Bell. And so whenever we start thinking about love in that sense, is it just a, an expression we use to say, well, this is something that I want more of in my life? Maybe. Just this morning, told my wife, I love you. And now this, I think, is a different kind of love because I'm not just saying, I'm not just saying, you know what, I just want more of you in my life. I am, but it's so much more than that. It's a commitment each and every day that my wife and I make to each other to choose to marry each other again that very same day, and again the next day, and again the day after that. Love. So our uh, scripture lesson today tries to dive into love because it starts by opening up with how important love is. So before we get to answering what is love, let's look at why love is so important. Verses 1 through 3 say, If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, no matter what message you have to communicate and the ways that you have to communicate it, if it's not a message of love, it's worthless. It's noisy. Nobody wants to hear it. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. In other words, if you're the perfect Christian, if you have faith that can move mountains, and you can and do move mountains, if you have all prophetic powers to understand the way that God works in the world and how God will work in the world, even if you have all knowledge and understanding of even who God is, but do not have love. Scripture says, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. 
In other words, if we're just out here giving away our stuff to whoever needs it, or selling it on Facebook Marketplace or whatever, and even if we choose to lay down our lives for someone else, but neither of those things are done outside, neither of these, those things are done in love, then there is nothing for us to gain. Love is the pinnacle of human existence. It's everything that we can cling to. It's everything that we have to hold on to in our lives. It's that which brought us into existence and it's that which will take us from this world on into the next. Love is everything. And so Paul here in 1 Corinthians is saying, it's love, that's what all of this is about. No matter what else goes on in our lives, if we don't have love, then all of it's pointless. All of it is vanity, as the teacher in Ecclesiastes would say. It's all meaningless. Love is the only thing that gives meaning to the things we do in our lives. That's essentially what Paul is saying here. So I, I love whenever you know, we think about what, what is the meaning of life? Love is what Paul is saying. Everything in life has to come back to that. And so we hear that and we think, okay, so what is love then? Because if it's just like the same kind of love that Micah has for Taco Bell, then this is going to be a very meaningless life. So what is love? Verse 4, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And I, I, I found this challenge a long time ago that could really give a perspective to us in how each one of us chooses to love and what love looks like in each of our lives. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to either take out your Bibles right now and, and do this with me or uh, write it down to do it later. Once again, this is 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. Uh, start in verse 4. And any time you see the word love or it, whenever it's referring to love, put your own name there. Put your own name in the place of love, or any time the scripture is referring to love, and then see if the following verse is true. For example, verse 4, Micah is patient, Micah is kind, Micah is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. So we start there and think, okay, are those things true? If you've ever ridden with me in the car, you know I'm not very patient. If you've spent more than a couple of minutes with me, you know that I'm not very kind. I, sometimes I can try to be. I'm not always very kind. Um, if you've ever seen the way I've looked at other people's stuff, you know I'm not. Uh, you know that I uh, can be envious. You know that I can be boastful. I can be arrogant, and I can be rude. Maybe not all the time, but I'm not perfect in love. That's for sure. So we keep doing this. Can we keep putting our name throughout this verse? Micah does not insist on his own way. Is that true? Not, not always. My wife will tell you that much. Micah is not irritable or resentful. 
try me whenever I wake up. Micah does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Um, I, I don't know. That's uh, Growing up, I definitely think we could say that Micah would have, uh, that would have been false for Micah. I don't know about now. Micah bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Definitely not to any of these things. There are a lot of things that I cannot bear, a lot of things that I do not believe, a lot of things I do not have hope in, and a lot of ways I do not endure. And so we look at verses like this, and we, as we put our name in it and try to find the truth in it, we have to ask, is love in our life? Because love is what we were made for. Everything about who we are and what it means to be human is wrapped up in love. And I don't mean that wishy-washy, mushy-gushy kind of love that comes around on Valentine's Day, nor do I mean the kind of love that Micah has for Taco Bell. I mean deep, intimate, covenant love. We're gonna come back to that word covenant because the word covenant here, uh, don't want, don't want to go into the full history and etiology of the word, but the word covenant is a deep, sincere commitment. It's not just like a promise. It's not even a pinky promise. But it's that kind of commitment that says, you know what, if I break this, then let something horrible happen to me. In... Uh, many of the covenants that are made in the Old Testament, the parties um, will perform some sort, of, uh, some sort of ritual that has to do with um, animals. So for example, whenever uh, a covenant is made between two parties, they say these are our terms and conditions, what they will do is they will then cut an animal in half, I know very graphic and gruesome, and put the two halves on either side of a path, and both parties will walk through the cut-in-half animal as a symbolic way to say, if I don't uphold my end of the covenant, then may what has done to, may what has done to this animal happen to me. It's pretty graphic, it's pretty gruesome. But this is the intensity with which we come with a covenant. And now covenantal love takes it a step further. Not in a graphic death gory kind of way but in a commitment kind of way that says everything about my life is now going to be turned toward you whatever that you may be and for the purposes of ours today it is God those are the vows that we make in our baptismal covenant do you confess Jesus as your savior do you put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord? Do you commit to this with all the love that you have within you? This is the kind of love that 1 Corinthians is talking about. Love is what we were made for. And so my challenge for each of us today is to go into this world with covenantal love. Wherever we might have to go. Even if we're not going anywhere at all, we still have some capacity to love in a covenant kind of way. In the same kind of way that two people commit to each other in marriage. A kind of way that says, in the name of God, I take you to be my everything. To have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse. 
for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until we are parted by death. This is the kind of love with which we are called to go into the world with. This is the kind of love which we are called to have transform our lives. And this is the kind of love with which God comes at us with all fierceness. So let us respond with this love and let us pray together this morning.